Thank you for choosing to listen to the Hope Rock Church at Lake Travis podcast. For more resources and information on our church or our team, please go to www.hoperockchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Sweet. I was about to ask you to turn those lights up. It's so weird to talk to dark people in the dark. You just don't know what's going on. Ah, yeah. All right. Well, so... Announcements. I forgot the announcements in the last service till halfway through, and then I just stopped and did the announcements because I was like, got to do the announcements. They're super important. So we have a Christmas impact offering. It's coming. Christmas is coming. In case you didn't realize, like this is Thanksgiving week, right? Christmas lights, do all your shopping online, Amazon, whatever you do. Uh, be thankful. If you didn't receive an email about our Christmas impact offering, uh, there's several initiatives that we're supporting. Should I back up? Am I like, I'm ringing you out, man. I feel like I'm ringing all over the place. Um, no? I just hear me going, where, 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 where. Um, maybe it's just the ringing in my ears. Um, Christmas Impact Offering. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, During December, for those of you that are going to be heartbroken by this, life groups are taking a break. I know. Some of you all are going to be like, oh, dang. Sorry about that, but life groups are taking a break during December. We're not doing ministry nights on Tuesday nights, except, of course, students. We still meet because students never rest. Mm. (laughs) Right? Yeah, pray. Prayer never stops. Come on. So, and then, of course, If you're a guest, if you're new with us, just scan the QR code right in front of you on the chair behind you, in front of you, or whatever. Scan that thing and fill out all your information. Get on Church Center and just give all your money or just hand it to me. Um, (laughs) That'd be perfect. You know, there's one way to give, more than one way to give. Just hand it all. No, I'm kidding. We're not here but for your money. Um, So, I better pray. Yeah. This is Blake. If you don't know Blake uh, or didn't get to meet Blake... Whoa, look who's back in the house. All right, bring your fish or your yellow bucket. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, Blake here, I I introduced him in the first service as a founding child of the church (laughs) because he has been part of Hope Rock slash CLT since the beginning. And, And when I started working in kids ministry way back in the day, uh, Blake was just a snotty little guy hanging out and uh, over in the PAC at the Lake Travis High School. Uh, good times. And here he is, senior, leading our meeting. The Lord does work in our people, and we love that. So a lot of stuff going on. It's good. Glad you're here. Right on. So let's pray and look at some fun stuff. Father, thank you. Um that the truth of your providence gives us great weight in the ballast of our ship, um, that we, uh, we don't have to fear storms, we don't have to fear next week, tomorrow, uh, this afternoon. Uh, nothing, Lord, catches you by surprise, and you control it all, and because of that, we trust you, and we love you, and we're grateful In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, got it done right. 
this time. We're going to do this service right. First service was just a warm-up. No, I don't know. You know, I never really know, I mean, what's going to come out of my mouth other than hopefully what's on the pages here. Um, but I know it would surprise you to know that there was a time in my life that I lifted weights. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow, now I just lift the fork. Um, and, uh, but yeah, back in college and whatnot, you know, we were all pumping iron, grr, grr, clang, clang, you know, the clang of the weights in the weight room. Yeah, it's awesome. Grr, you know, and all that stuff. And, uh, but the one thing that, uh, we always did is make sure you clank the weights, don't you? Mr. Weight Clinker. Come on, Gavin. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but the one thing you never want to do is to, lay down on the bench with a whole bunch of weight that you're like, yes, here I go. I'm going to pump it up. This time it's going to be amazing. Max out. I'm maxing out. And you never want to do that without a... Yes. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Look at y'all. Knowing what's up. So never do it without a spotter. And, uh, and nobody wants a one-year-old as their spotter, right? Um, you want somebody that you know can jerk that up off of your chest should you get stuck? Um, I know a guy went to college with that went down to the Y, put some weight up, and started working out. Had no spotter, and uh, and that was it for him when it landed on his neck. And uh, so I'm just saying, we need a spotter, and we need to depend on spotters. And today, my goal is to just glorify the best spotter we have, the creator of our universe, uh, the one who loved us and gave us his son and uh, has given us a message and a ministry to know Christ and to make him known. So we're going to talk about the providence of God, which, look, people, let me just say, I mean, we could do a series for months on the providence of God, and so I'm going to go 30,000 feet at 500 miles an hour, and hopefully we land the plane somewhere, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I get that. It's going to be awesome. Um, but if nothing else, you know, I hope that we leave here today going, wow, we have a majestic, infinite, holy, wonderful God who loves us, and is in control, and is going to care for our every need, and it just really is amazing. Um, I'm going to date myself because Marco does it every week, um, you know, and gives, gives us all grief about me and Methuselah um, or whatever, and it's fine. Um, I'm just going for a show of hands for who knows who Corey Ten Boom is. Yeah, oh yeah, everybody that's not a millennial. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, or how about Elizabeth Elliot? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, some, only, there was a few, only a few hands for Elizabeth, which is surprising. Um, so Corey Ten Boom, World War II uh, in the Netherlands, her family, strong believers, trusting the Lord, saw what was happening with Nazi Germany, and they are credited with probably saving the lives of nearly 800 Jewish people in their day by hiding them. They built a false room in the house, and they hid them, and uh, ultimately she was 
um, betrayed by one of her countrymen who figured out that they were hiding the Jews and they got arrested, her and her sister and her father. Her mother was already passed on. They were thrown into a concentration camp where only Corey survived. Therefore, she left after the war and returned to the Netherlands, set up a rehabilitation center for concentration camp survivors, and in the Christian spirit to which she was so devoted, she also took in those who had cooperated with the Germans during the occupation. So now you tell me what is it that causes a person to do that? And I'm telling you it's a person who trusts in the providence of God. She knew that God was in control and therefore she could move forward in forgiveness for one thing, but also in power for the other. Next, Elizabeth Elliot. If you don't know about her story, it's amazing. There's been movies made about it. Uh, End of the Spear, I think, is one of them, or Tip of the Spear. I don't know. Anyway, End of the Spear and the Through the Gates of Splendor. Some amazing stories, documentary, docudramas, etc. Uh, she and her husband were minister missionaries in Ecuador in the late 50s, and were reaching out to the. Aqua Inuit tribe. Um, and so they had done all this stuff to reach out to them, and they finally landed on the riverbank, and um, Jim Elliott and, two, and three others of the missionaries, they landed, they were excited, the tribesmen met them, speared them, and killed them. And they were like, oh, great. And so what did Elizabeth Elliot do? Well, like any self-respecting American citizen, which she was not, um, we would have said, oh, my gosh, I have this little baby daughter. We should go back to America. No, she moved in with the tribe that killed her family and reached them for Jesus. What lets you do that? What causes you to have courage to step into that? And I'm telling you, it's a faithful, solid understanding of the providence of God. I mean, there's just no other way around that. You've got to know that God is in control, that God is taking care of business. So I believe people of great faith trust a great God, and they understand this providence that I'm talking about. I'm telling you, this, this concept of God being in ultimate control grates against my flesh, because we want to say, you know, I've got my free will. I've got my choices. I'm making them. You know, and it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, you go right on believing that you've got control of your outcomes. Uh, God has ultimate control. And, and when we believe that he has ultimate control, then I can relax in his providential will and trust him. Because look, what are you going to do when it gets really tough? Ask Corey Ten Boom in the concentration camp. How does she continue to trust Jesus and to follow him and to love her captors? People, how do we do that? How do you love the people who took your husband with a spear and win them to Jesus? You trust the providence of God and you believe that there's a good God who's in control of our situation and our circumstances. So it's pretty awesome. But I think um, for me, I, I, I mean, I love the stars, right? <laughs> These guys know, oh my gosh, I love the stars. I love the universe. I think it's amazing. And the majesty of God gives me great confidence and wonder and helps me. And so I've got a picture. Sorry, it won't be on this screen because today that 
lovely 85-inch Sony decided it wouldn't turn on. I don't know, whatever. So we'll look over here. Um, so if you could take a one centimeter square and find the darkest place out near Orion where it looks like there's nothing and point a Hubble telescope at it for a couple of months, this is what you would get. An image the size of a pencil, if you're looking through it, with 10,000 galaxies in there. Galaxies have hundreds of millions of stars. And the creator of the universe, Jesus, spoke it into existence. So when we start talking about, you know, knowing what tomorrow brings, um, I think I'll talk to the guy who did that and trust him. Because listen to what Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, he being Jesus. For by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We're going to hear all things, everything, and nothing a lot today because all things, everything, and nothing is really important for us. So um, I was going to get all geeky on you, but the picture is as close as we're going to get to me geeking out on the stuff that I love to geek out on, which is um, the universe, which you all, if you've heard me, know that. Um, and so... I started getting back into, okay, let's look at the fine-tuned universe and, and what that means for us. And so I stopped there with this. This is all you're going to get on that. A fine-tuned universe is a Jesus-sustained universe. That's all it is. And the, you, you just go research the fine-tuning of the universe and be amazed that we are here because God spoke us here. There's absolutely nothing that falls outside the realm of God's sovereign creative purpose. Not the heavens, not any throne, dominion, ruler, or authority. I mean, you've got to let that one sink in for a minute because we get all whacked out about thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities sometimes. And we know that God is in control and so we can move forward in confidence when we are opposed when we're not. Jesus is the agent of creation and the goal of creation. He made everything for his glory. He sustains everything and everyone. So when I look at this doctrine um, of providence, it leads me to hope, honestly. I mean, it just gives me great hope, seriously. It's just like, wow, I have nothing to worry about. It doesn't matter what, I, what happens, you know, I mean, Seriously, God's in control, and he can transform any circumstance. Acts 17 says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So, I don't know. 
you know, in my incredible mastery of the English language, I figured out that all mankind, all means all, pretty much. Anything means anything. Everything means everything. And it's pretty amazing that God is in control of all of it. Nehemiah said, you are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heavens of heavens, and with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them. So simple way to, for me to think is providence is God's reign over all creation. Providence is also God is for us. The one who reigns over all creation is for us. And that's awesome. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. We're just, just going to rip through a bunch of scriptures today, guys, because I'm like, it's almost, look, if you start studying the providence of God, anytime you read the Bible, you're just going to go, oh, wow, look at there. There it is again. <laughs> oh, wow, look at there. There's God. There's God. There's his providence. There's God in control again. And you're going to be like, yes, God's in control every time I turn around. And I love this. Look at Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Aren't you glad that there is none like him? And so don't try to be him, okay? Declaring the end from the beginning. If you just stop and soak on that for a second, that'll mess with your head. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. And so here he is. From the ancient times saying, let me tell you what is yet to be done that's going to be done. And if he says it's going to be done, it's going to be done, which is pretty awesome. He says, my counsel shall stand. I will accomplish all my purpose. So we're talking about God's sovereign rule over creation here. If God does not have the final control of every outcome in the universe, then he is powerless to help you in your toughest circumstance, your deepest need, and persistent pain. It's just the truth. If God isn't in control, he has no control, and something else does, and that's no hope for me. Here's a couple more verses that are just pretty awesome. I just kind of like them. The lot is cast in the lap, which is an old-fashioned way of saying you throw your dice on the table, all right? But it's every decision is from the Lord. Job 12, 23 says, He makes the nations great. He destroys them. He enlarges nations, and he leads them away. Daniel 2, 21 says, He removes kings, and he sets up kings. Job 42, 2 says, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So, here's a question for you. How many times have you turned to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, oh, yeah, those guys are awesome. And then you've sat in church and sang, there's another in the fire standing next to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, come on, how many times, you know, it's awesome. You know, you know what furnace of affliction those guys were already in before they were thrown in the furnace? Their whole nation had been captured and carried away captive by the Babylonians. They were ripped out of their home country, and they were there serving the Lord, living in a country where they were not supposed to be serving the Lord. They were supposed to be worshiping Nebuchadnezzar, 
And they said, it doesn't matter what you say, O King Nebuchadnezzar. If God chooses to rescue us from the fire, great. And if he doesn't, we will not bow to your image. I mean, that's somebody that's got trust in the providence of God. Those people. But look, sometimes I think that uh, our understanding of God's providence and his glory um, is refined in the fire. You know, and uh, we're going to go through some of that, and God's going to say, it's all good. You're going to go through it, and you're going to learn from it, and it's going to be remarkable. It's in captivity sometimes that God gives us the best encouragement. Just ask Corey Ten Boom. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1.11 that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Not yours, but his. And I'm glad because, you know, somebody once said, and I don't, I'm going to butcher this because it's not in my notes, um, that if you could come up, if you could decide what the best outcome would be for your circumstance, and it was anything other than what God would do, uh, you would wind up miserable, you know. So if you could decide what was the best way to go, you would ultimately do the way that God wants to do it, even though sometimes it's not the easiest way. Um, yeah, that's a real. That was a super butcher, by the way. I should, I should stay with the notes. Mm. Yeah. So, he says all things work according to the counsel of His will. Another one of those all things, like the large things like the rise and fall of nations, the elections, oh. the tiniest things, like the fall of a sparrow out of a tree mm. or the roll of a dice, right? Jesus said it, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. A sparrow, people, just a penny. Now, so if we take the death of Jesus now and we put the sovereignty of God on top of that, then we'll understand how the early church pray, could pray this prayer in Acts. Check this out. They said, people don't pray like this, but they're praying. He's like, truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand had and your plan had predestined to take place. Those people lived under the province of God. And they're like, yep, God's in control. God's ultimate purpose is His glory displayed in His creation. And that's got to be our aim. It's got to be our purpose too. <sighs> so, why is it so amazing? We're going to look at our favorite chapter, our, well, part of our favorite chapter, one of our favorite verses, I know if you've been a Christian for any length of time, at some point you have clung to this verse and said, oh yeah, that's what I like. Ready? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, God's providence gives us hope in our trials. But then... If we keep going in this chapter and watch what Paul does for us, it's pretty amazing. 
So he gives us the truth that God's providence gives us hope for eternity because watch what he's going to do. He's going to tie your present suffering to your salvation and future glory in heaven. The very next verse. We don't ever quote this next verse. I don't know why. Uh, we just kind of skip this part because we just love that part. We're like, yes, I love this part. God's working all things. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So not only does God cause all things to work together for good, he also does everything needed for your salvation and your need. I mean, look at it. I mean, he's like, I'm making it work for good. I'm also making sure you're saved. I've got this. I've got you. God's providence gives victory over all things, everything, everything. And then we get to the next verse in chapter 8 of Romans, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did, who did, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I want what God wants for me. And I want to receive from God what he wants to give me, not what I think he should give me. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, if you just want what you think you need, I think I want what God thinks I need, and I'll take that. Um, is there anything that you should worry about? if God has done the hardest thing for you, which is saving your soul. I mean, stop and think about that for just one second because I think it's pretty amazing. Um, your salvation, if you have it, uh, was no little thing. I mean, this wasn't just like, you know, oh, here I am in Bible school and I just like, yeah, I want Jesus, yeah, I want him in my heart, <laughs> you know. And so here I am. Thank you, Jesus. Give me your heart. Baptize me. You know, I mean, that's, there was way more to that. I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, if any man's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Do you realize that if you are born again, if you are a believer, that you have been made new to the point that you are now able to live in God's new creation, the new heaven, the new earth awaits you. It does not await for those who are not new. Prior to your salvation, you were not capable of living in the presence and the glory of God. Okay, prior to your salvation, you were post-fall. And then when he saved you, he made you like pre-fall. And he said, now you have relationship with me again. You were restored. I mean, your salvation was not a little thing. Okay, and so if God can do that, if God is for us, if God does that to us, he did not spare his own son, but he gave us graciously all things. Is there anything that we should worry about? If he can save your soul, he can save your tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. And you don't know, look, you don't know what it was like to pay for your sins. You know, and maybe in heaven we'll get a real picture of that. 
but I'm serious. I mean, you just stop and think about the, the wrath of God poured out on Jesus for three hours on a cross. All the wrath of God for every sin you've committed poured out 2,000 years ago for you. And tell me you're ready to take that and not trust God for tomorrow. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know what it's like to pay for my sins. I'm just going to say it. Um, God's providence overcomes condemnation. That's a good thing. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who is interceding for us? Mm. I think there's voices today that try to condemn us. Hmm? Yeah, some of them are external and some of them are internal. I think the internal ones are the hardest ones to fight sometimes, you know, because it's like, well, Charlie, you don't know what it was like to live with blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I don't. But I know Jesus knows. There are voices that try to condemn you. And this says right here, who can bring a charge against you? Who can bring it? Say, come on, Jesus says he's standing there at the throne of God before the Father. He's there, and as the accuser comes and says, but you don't understand what Blake did. And Blake says, he just says, sit there, because Jesus turns and says, you don't understand what I did for him. And that's good stuff. I mean, the accuser accuses you. Your past accuses you, and your memories will accuse you and try to condemn you. And, uh, and Jesus says, don't worry about it. I got that. Power of God's gospel for you at this moment, interceding on your behalf. That's pretty good. The power of the gospel in Christ, interceding before you constantly before the throne, saying, mm, she is mine, he is mine. It's good. God's providence connects us to love. Obviously, it sounds pretty lovey, but let's, he just goes on. It says, who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just tried to imagine Paul writing that at that moment, and he's just like, and then there's that, and then there's this, and then there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and and, he's like, and this, and that, and that, and that, and he's like, did I miss anything? Anything. And he just writes down, and nothing else. You know, he says, nothing in all creation is going to separate me from the love of Christ that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, uh, and the guy that's probably writing for him is like, yeah, that's good, anything. Anything's good. Let's put that, because there's nothing that can separate. Paul didn't miss a thing. We have a perfectly loving God who is perfectly in control of all things, and he will bring them to pass. So what keeps us from living in peace in the providence of God? I mean, that's the question that we've got to ask ourselves, because sometimes I think we wake up in the morning and we don't have a lot of peace. And sometimes we go through the day and we feel like we come home and we're like, ugh right? So what keeps us from that? 
And I think it's pretty simple um, because we, we got a little bit of Adam and Eve left over in us and that somehow we kind of believe that we could be like God. I mean, that was their sin. Satan said, God knows as soon as you eat that, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing. Oh, yeah. And we all want to know, right? We want to know what tomorrow's going to bring. We want to know what that investment's going to do. We want to know that when we get to work, we're not going to get fired. Whatever it is, we want to know tomorrow. We want to be in control of so many things. And Adam and Eve are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to be like God. We want to know good and evil. But sin deceives us into believing that we can provide for our own needs. Needs for purpose, identity, security, redemption, righteousness, joy. Sin causes us to live as if we don't need God. Yeah. And so we miss it. Any attempt to bring God under control will ultimately leave us feeling out of control. Believe that as sure as I'm standing here. You are saved by the providence of God, through the power of God, for the glory of God. Is there anything else we should be anxious for? Yeah, the answer would be no, Charlie. No. It's impossible to fully understand an infinite God. I mean, I want to just challenge you to try and explain infinity and beyond. Right? Come on. Try to explain the infinite God. Try to explain the one who can speak those little 10,000 galaxies into existence and who, as the cross, as the Bible says in Colossians, Jesus, who created it, says he also sustains it. So put this one on, on your plate for the day to think about. While Jesus was on a cross he created, he was also sustaining it and holding it together for you and for me. I mean, just soak on that for a minute or a day or a week. But we should soak on it. It's impossible to fully understand this infinite God, but we can trust him. Isn't that right, Micah? Come on. <laughs> um, look at Isaiah. This is a good one. You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta keep this one in your, in your pocket. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, okay? Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's good to know because sometimes my thoughts are crazy, right? Somebody once told me, they said, I just want to know what it's like to be you for a day. And I said, no. You don't want to be inside this mind because it's um, Romans 11, 33 and 30 to 36. After Paul has been writing all at chapter 8 and he's been writing about the glory of salvation and the providence of God, he finally gets to Romans eleven thirty three, and he says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable. I like that. How inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen.
Is that good? I mean, I got nothing else to say to that. To him be glory forever. Amen. The creator who caused the existence of all things, sustains them, died for our sins, is in control and able to take care of every one of our needs. Thank you for listening to the Hope Rock Church at Lake Travis podcast. We are a church that is passionate about knowing Christ and making him known in our city, the nation, and the ends of the earth. For more information on who we are, please go to www.hoperockchurch.com or find us on Facebook.